Welcome to The Dad I Never Had. We're the Logan Brothers. This is a podcast that exists to empower individuals as they navigate the difficult day-to-day aspects of life and do their best to become the type of dad or parent that they never had. Through open and vulnerable conversations, we aim to create a community that provides resources, advice, and encouragement to help parents cultivate authenticity, strengthen relationships, and lead happy, healthy families. So if you're looking for a place to connect with others, enjoy a few laughs, and maybe even shed a few tears along the way, you've come to the right place. Because this isn't just about us, it's about you. We want to hear from you, and we want you to be a part of our community. Subscribe to the podcast, follow us on social media, share your thoughts with us, and most of all, tell us your story. Hello, and welcome back to The Dad I Never Had. Uh, I am your host tonight. My name is Caleb, here with my brothers, Travis. What's up, guys? And Jacob. Hello, everyone. And tonight tonight is going to be interesting to talk about um, because our dad is getting out of prison. I think, Jacob, you told us this. I think it's the ninth. Is that what you said? That he's getting out officially? Uh, I never said the ninth, but he got out on the 6th of July, actually. So he got on the 6th of July. You oh, weren't so he's reading our text conversation today. How here. can he tuned out during our text conversation? <laughs> totally got the monk. We were talking about in. that today. Uh, so, Caleb, how does that feel? <laughs> I thought, I mean, honestly, I thought it was going to be yesterday. Uh, but I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about it. Uh, my wife and I, actually, Travis and his wife, we all went down uh, to a lake this weekend and we got to kind of get away. Uh, it was kind of my wife had as an idea to distract or at least get away so you can kind of think about think about it away from the daily distractions of life. Um, that was kind of the idea of the trip. And I don't know, I had Sunday afternoon, I was able to just go fishing for, I don't know, it was probably out there for four or five hours. Yeah, I don't know. I was fishing and I was able to just kind of contemplate how I was feeling and how I was coping with everything. And I think the best way to describe it was I, I felt at peace about it. Mm. It it didn't stress me out. I wasn't worried. I didn't have anxiety. Um, One of the biggest things and the main reason that I I started therapy earlier this year um, was I had this problem of disassociating whenever I would think about dad getting out this year. Um, and it got really bad, like around Christmas time, January, beginning of the year. And I was just, I would constantly have something in my ear just distracting me. So I didn't have to think about anything. And, you know, I was down on Sunday fishing at the lake and, you know, I'm listening to an audiobook, but I have terrible reception and it's an audiobook through Spotify. So I'm not able to download it. So every chapter or so it would just stop playing. And so I'd be sitting there in silence and I wouldn't even notice. And I get to sit there with my thoughts. And it was peaceful. It was relaxing. And I don't know. There's thinking about it, understanding that nothing is going to change. You know, he is out and it is different because he's now in our world. It's, it's not going to affect me in any way because there are steps that we are able to take to protect ourselves from it, um, from contacts and all that. So I don't know. I felt... I feel very good about it in my own way. I feel 
at peace, I think is the best way to describe it. So there's something about getting out in nature and just sitting in the stillness of the beauty of God's creation and just, I don't know, it's therapeutic for sure. And that's like my favorite thing about having the paddle boards and the kayaks. It's just getting out on the lake and, you know, we'll bring a speaker and, and play some music. But I mean, other than that, it's just us and the water and the fish and the birds and sometimes a turtle or a couple of bugs. And man, it's just, it's beautiful. It's healthy. Yeah. I almost think it's a, it's a great place to, to meditate and just to clear your mind. And I don't know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to do really helps you get closer to yourself. I feel like figure out what you're, you're really thinking about. So, yeah, I mean, after our vacation and going out and just being able to, I mean, if you go out with somebody else, you can talk with them. There's nothing else around. It's a great opportunity for conversation, but then yeah, there's like nothing better than on a paddleboard watching the sunset or the sunrise. I feel like that's the coolest thing out on the lake. So Jacob, how are you feeling about all this? A lot of similarities to you, Caleb, um, definitely peace is a, a good word for it. And I think one of the, the things that I was struggling with over the last couple months leading up to this was thinking about this day that, you know, we all knew was coming. We've known it's coming for the last, I don't know what, three, five years that we got, I got this letter in the mail saying that he's going to get released, um, five years early, right? Something like that. Anyways. At that time, I had no idea how I'd feel about it. And, you know, I started this journey of therapy knowing that this was coming. And then it's like, well, I'm thinking about this day and I don't have a lot of strong emotions about it. I don't have a lot of strong feelings about it. Um, not really dreading it. And so I kind of sent this in a text to you guys today. But I really, in my last therapy session, we uh, talked about this and I, I did EMDR and if you don't know what EMDR is, I'd, I'd say go look at go look that up, and uh, it's a, it's definitely a I'm definitely a believer in it uh, because it's worked amazingly for my uh, therapy sessions. But anyways, <clears throat> um, came to this conclusion that you know I guess I have this. Well, I know this, but as I think about it, um, thinking about dad, my dad, I have no fear of him. Um, he is a lot older than he was. His way of hurting people was in secret. And his power was the fact that nobody knew what he was doing. Or the people that he was doing things to didn't know what was going on or like didn't know any better. And that's no longer something that he can have power with, at least for me and my family. That's a really good point. Um, I also went to see him. And we talked about that a little bit, I think, in the first episode. Uh, where I went and saw him. And, you know, I think the best thing that came out of that was the fact that I could picture him now, not as like in fear of this remembrance of a child looking up to my dad, that he's bigger than me. But now that I, I like have this memory of just him hunched over and sad looking and super short, um, like that, it's kind of funny to think about, but it's like <laughs> he's five, four, I think is what I saw on the thing today. Uh, looking at his his record his little uh, profile and I'm like I'm six inches taller than this guy and so like as I was working through this in therapy it's like I had this picture of him coming to my house and I was like I walked out I didn't have any fear and I was like you're not you're not coming inside you're not going to talk to my family I'm sorry you can't do that because you lost that privilege 
but it was like this calm, this like not even strong emotions at seeing him, but just this scenario played out. And I was like, wow, I don't fear you. And I feel like giving in to any sort of fear about who you are, about you getting out is more of a sign to me um, for, for myself, I think is if I would fear anything about that, then it's like almost like he still has power over me. And so letting go of that and then um, just being like, I don't fear you. I don't have this fear of running into you. I don't have this fear of you getting out. Um, You're not going to affect my life. And if it comes to it, I can physically probably remove you from the situation and um, (laughs) overcome you. And so um, I think just like all those things combined just gives me this peace. And um, I think that's really cool. And I, you know, I feel guilty about this feeling of, or I guess guilty about not feeling something about this upcoming date, you know, that just happened. Um, and so that's what I was like, am I suppressing emotions? Well, I don't know what's going on around this cause I've done that. Uh, but no, to be able to put to words and to like really understand why I have such at ease about him getting out was really cool. Yeah. I kind of like how you said, you know, you, you kind of worried if you were suppressing emotions about it. Um, cause you didn't really feel anything. And I can really relate to that because I, I don't know, coming up to the day, I didn't really know how I would feel. And all my therapists would ask me a couple of times, like, so how do you feel about him getting out? Like, you know, this is a month. I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel like I'll know how I'll rela- react until it happens. Um, but I, I think it's good to hear you talk about the same feeling. Cause I feel like it does. Sometimes it does come into your head and you wonder, am I suppressing something? Am I, am I not thinking about this in the right way? Am I, I don't know. Am I broken? Like, cause I feel like I should feel something about this. Yeah. But it's more like I, I did work through him getting out. Yeah. And I feel peace about it. It was really cool. Like in my therapy session before I like came to the real realization of like not having this fear anymore of him. Uh, I think my, my therapist knew where it was going. And so she was kind of like, I don't know. I, I can't really explain it very well, but I feel like, you know, she just kind of had this look of like, I know where this is going. Uh, I'm just waiting for you to come to this conclusion. And then I did. And then she's like, yeah, I think I thought that's where it was going. So it was like, it was really a cool moment. That's good. Travis, we haven't heard from you. Yeah. How are you feeling about all this? Yeah, it's been interesting for me. So prior to knowing he was out, I would have echoed everything that you guys have said and leading up to this. And I think I kind of did. Like, we've talked about this a lot. Like, when we had our family vacation, you know, a month ago, we kind of asked, like, how people were feeling and just kind of getting, like, a a gauge on where everybody's mental health was with it. And for me, it was no big deal. Don't really feel anything. Don't know what to expect. But I don't think it'll be that big a deal. And so I was caught completely off guard because unlike both of you, I was hit with, like, an avalanche of emotions. And, you know, I was talking to my therapist, uh, I think it was yesterday, and I was, I was like, did I, like, overlook this monumental event? Did I, did we not prepare for this? Like, she was like, I don't think you really can, because you don't know what you're going to feel until the moment comes. And so she was like, everything that you've been doing, that we've been doing, like, has been healthy. And now you're feeling emotions, which if you go back four or five years, you're not really capable of feeling those emotions. And so she's like, I think this is a sign of progress. And she's like, in not only are you feeling them, but you're aware of what you're feeling. 
You're describing it very specifically. You're coping with it in healthy ways where in, you know, previous time periods you would have, you know, dove into unhealthy coping mechanisms. And so she's like, there's nothing wrong with this. And you just have to feel what you feel. You need to process it in a healthy manner. Um, and it'll be okay. But, uh, yeah, I was hit. Um, I mean, I had a, a moment, I think it was yesterday, where I just was sitting at my desk doing some work. And I just I just put my head down and I just wept for a little bit. And, um, you know, I think some of it is this reality that I was older. And so it's just the relationship that him and I had was unique because I was, you know, 16 and I've had a hard time like pinpointing the specific emotion that is like rubbing me the wrong way or that I'm feeling because I'm all over the place. There are moments where I have felt the extreme anger that he is out. There are moments where I have like felt sadness um, there's been times where I've been like at completely at peace with it. And it's like this roller coaster ride of emotions, depending on just the moment. And I think for me, it's this aspect, like I'm almost been frustrated with the fact that I have been feeling so many emotions because I'm just sick and tired of him affecting my life in different ways. And I have been through this journey where I've done so much work and I've had so much healing from the trauma and now here he is out of prison in the real world, and I'm like feeling all these emotions again. And I'm basically like, damn it, dad, I don't want you to continue to affect my life in this manner, and I'm sick and tired of it. Um, and so I think that's maybe some of it too is, you know, I was feeling sad, I was feeling angry, I was just feeling all these different things, and it just pissed me off um, <laughs> because I wanted it to not be a big deal. Um, but it is a big deal. I mean, like with the trauma that I went through at his hand, the way that he violated me and abused me and molested me, and that individual is no longer behind bars, and he is out there somewhere, and he can hop on social media, he could go and listen to this podcast. Like, There's just all these nuances and things <laughs> that you don't have to worry about when they're in prison, you know? And so... It's just different and it's an adjustment. And Kale, like you said, you know, we're looking into different things we can do from a legal perspective to, you know, make sure um that we're protected and my family's protective. And Jacob, you know, you you talk about that scenario and how you played it out in your head. I don't know, like I don't fear him physically. I don't fear him anyway, but I, I think I fear myself more and <laughs> what I would do to him, <laughs> what my wife would do to him. And so for the sake of just this protection aspect, it's, you know, we're, there's a couple different options legally that we're looking into and, you know, it just gives us the ability to pick up the phone and call the police if he violates one of them in a single manner. Um, and to know that I don't have to to protect my family. I mean, obviously if there was like a physical threat, I would step in, but if it's just like him showing up or him trying to call or text or write a letter, like I don't have to get angry and take care of it myself. I can just, you know, alert the appropriate authorities and then wash my hands of it because I've wasted enough time and energy dealing with his shit that don't want anything in the future to lead me to have to deal with more. I do feel like the day was just kind of like, I don't know, throwing the dice like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it. I don't know what it's going to do to me. Yeah. And we thought it was the end of July. And then, you know, yeah. 
my wife, the researcher she is, was, you know, looking him up on the sexual predator list or sex offender list, the Missouri sex offender list or something like that. And it has the release date there. And she was like, he's been out for three weeks, you know? And for me, it was almost, <laughs> that almost helped with me processing yeah. my emotions. Cause then I was like, Oh, I've been feeling all these big things thinking it just happened. And it almost happened like a month ago or whatever. And it's like, okay, like it just helped in a weird way. That was interesting that when you, when you sent that text today, I was like, wow, I didn't, that, that's kind of crazy. Cause you, you hype up this day, at least I did. And, and, and then it came and went for me and I didn't even think about it. My wife was like this morning is like, how you doing? And she was like changing the, the, our hangup calendar from August to, or from July to August. And she was pointing at like July 31st and I didn't even register then. And then she's like, I, never mind. Cause I was like leaving for work. And then I was like, oh, oh, that was yesterday. And so I, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting to me that I, you know, this day that, I felt like was going to be such a big thing for me. It, and then I just totally forgot about it on the day. So, but, um, when you're trying when you're talking Travis, it's like, you know, even it's like slightly different, but thinking about, we've mentioned forgiveness and stuff, um, at different times and, you know, how forgiveness is, is a journey. And so like these different moments that happen in our lives is like something else pops up and it's like, well, this is something that we have to work through. And I think that's just, there's going to be different times that things are going to affect us more like his getting out or when our kids reach a certain age that we're going to just have to, it's going to hit us emotionally in a different way. Um, and we won't even know it's coming or it's going to be hard to know how we're going to feel at that time and stuff like that. So I feel like one of the biggest things that probably helped all of us with going into this knowledge that he's getting out is that we all sought help. And I feel like therapy Especially for, I mean, not especially for me, but I'm the only one I know specifically what my process was. Um, it was incredibly helpful to be able to work through even just knowing what I was doing to avoid even just dealing with it emotionally and mentally. Um, and I don't know, just going through and being able to have someone guide you through, here's your emotions, what are you feeling? Let's work on feeling those, dissipating them, and handling them. Let's work on, you know, not dealing with it in a harmful way. And I think even just those little tiny baby steps, immensely powerful to be able to just handle something like this. Because like you said, Travis, you know, there's nothing wrong with feeling very emotional because it is an emotional time. But you've felt all of those things in a very healthy way because you've had training. Yeah, no. I, I would say there's there's three aspects of this that have made it like I mean, I I could say there are times in my life where this event happens, I it's would throw me completely off the rails, right? Like it's uh going to be a very destructive moment in my life. So I look at right now and I say, Well, what is in place in my life that wasn't necessary in place? in previous times where other events, maybe even less significant have, you know, derailed me from a well-being perspective or mental health perspective. And I would say one, you know, I'm actively in therapy, you know, number two, my relationship with my wife is to the point where I can express what I'm feeling. She can see it sometimes even before I know it and talk to me or encourage me to talk to her. Um, so that relationship is just there in such a unique way. 
And then this community aspect, like, you know, I mean, specifically with you two, and then, you know, I've got a couple other friends too, but just the ability, you know, that's why I shot that text to you guys this morning, because I wanted to just check in, just to be like, hey, how you two doing? You know, I don't even think I, did I specifically talk about it? I don't even know. I think I did mention it, like, but I was more just like, hey, I know what today, you know, has represent, like, this has been a day looming in the future for a long time. And all of a sudden it's here and to just be like, Hey man, like how you guys are doing. And I honestly was sending the text more cause I wanted to vent about how I was feeling yeah. <laughs> and check in with you guys too. But I knew like I was feeling a lot. So that was an aspect of it for me was to be like, Hey, like, are you guys okay? Cause man, it's been much more difficult for me than I expected. And I think those three factors, you know, having my spouse by my side, being active in therapy, and then just having a healthy community aspect where I can be vulnerable about what I'm feeling. I can check in with other people and have a conversation about it. And I know I'm not alone. I'm not walking through this alone. This is an emotional thing for all of us. It's a, it's different for all of us and why we're not feeling the same things and it doesn't hit us all the same way. Like I'm not dealing with this alone. And just that fact is a huge, huge assist, right, and boost. And I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, you're going to walk through circumstances and events in life that are going to be more difficult than others. And the reality is you're never going to be fully alone, no matter how alone you feel. There are other people out there that have been through similar things. And, you know, most of the time, if you're willing to speak up, like, they're going to be willing to come alongside you and help in some way, shape or form. Um, you know, I was even looking at some men's, uh, sexual, men's sexual abuse victim, uh, support groups. I was looking at, cause there's a couple in the Kansas city area that are held by different groups. And I just like, man, like, I don't know, I've never done anything like that. Like, this is a time where it's kind of weird for me. It might be beneficial for me to to go and just talk about what I'm feeling with some people that have also been through it. And, you know, I haven't decided yet. It's still something in the air, but it's an option on the table of something I'm considering just depending on how I'm doing. Cause I'm like, man, to talk to other people who have abusers that either have or hadn't gotten out of prison yet. Like, how'd you deal with it? what do you think? Like, what'd you feel like it might be helpful for me. And so it's just like understanding that like doing something like that, there's nothing wrong with that. That's completely okay. Um, it can be very, very helpful. And so I think specifically as men, we need to understand that and lean into those things because there are so many resources out there to help for different circumstances. And I think sometimes it's like, well, I should be stronger than this. This shouldn't be affecting me like this. Like I'm weak. It's like, no, you're human. Like you're made to feel emotions you're made to feel pain and it's completely okay to go and express those things with other people with the goal of getting help i think that like you know before what you said about you know it's okay to talk to people about it and we feel like we need to be strong you know the best thing that's happened to me for probably my marriage is just to be able to express how i'm feeling with my wife you know it's like there's you know, a lot of times where she's explaining to me what she's feeling and I'm just sitting there quiet, you know, and whether I'm feeling something or not, the, um, I, I would keep it to myself because I'm like, you know, I can handle this. I don't need to put that on her, you know, or something like that. It's like, I need to deal with this 
And so then I'm, I'm quiet and, uh, and then I don't even really process it my own. And so then it's just a downward spiral, spiral from there. But like expressing it, being able to share in it with somebody else and let them share in it with you um, is very healing, whether that's a spouse or if that's a, a support group or whatever it is. I think that's like just to put a audible voice to what's going on in your brain is very healing. I think a lot of the times we, especially like as men, we feel that it's strength to keep everything bottled up inside and to keep everything to ourselves because we have to be, I don't know, we have to be the rock that everyone else stands on. And I don't know, I feel like the real strength comes in being able to admit when you can't handle something. And the real strength comes from saying, I need help because I want to be strong. I want to do better. And I think, you know, going to a community where you can be honest about who you are, about things that hurt you about stuff that's hard and have other people just they don't even have to give advice i feel like to just say you're normal this is something that i've gone through and i understand and the ability to not feel alone in what you're going and to be able to walk down the path of life with other people it makes you so much stronger and yeah you're gonna cry a lot more (laughs) and that's just gonna happen um (laughs) But that's not a weakness. It's just, it's just life. Life is hard. Life's going to make you cry, but life's easier together. It's easier with other people. I remember getting coffee at a job a couple years ago, and the gal looking at me, and she was like, how you doing? I'm like, you want to break your chair there? <laughs> Happens every once in a while. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting coffee, and she's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, I'm good. She was like, no, you're not. And, like, just her saying that almost had me, like, breaking down. And she just looked at me and said, Travis, it's okay to not be okay. And she turned around and walked off, and I'm standing at the coffee machine with my coffee pot, like, almost angry (laughs) with this reality that she would say that to me. And yet I, I look now back on that moment several years ago, and that phrase has, like, become, like, not a mantra for me, but it's just this, it's like a way to like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's true. It's a hundred percent. Okay. To not be okay. And to believe that you're the one person in the history of humanity. That's going to always be okay is arrogant and ignorant and proves you're not okay. (laughs) Like that's just the reality. And so to finally like let go of the burden that I always have to be okay is very liberating and man i think specifically as men and this is why you know i've talked about that men's group that i go to once a month to drink some beers smoke some cigars but that's not why i go i go for the conversation because it's raw it's vulnerable it's authentic and i can show up if i'm not okay and i can express it and it's okay for me to not be okay and i'm going to be surrounded by guys that are in healthier spots than me that are in worse spots than me, but it doesn't matter. We're all there doing this thing called life together and we're going to do our best to to lock arms with each other and hold each other up. And sometimes you're going to be the one that is doing the holding up and the other times you're going to be there just clinging on to somebody else because they're being the strength for you in that moment. And that's what we need. (laughs) That's what we need. And we need more of it. And it's hard to find, but 
man, when you find that type of community, you have to embrace it and you have to lean into it. In my community, and I feel like the most isolating thing that we can do is to act like we have everything together. Because who am I going to relate to better is this guy that thinks he's got everything together and acts like it. And I know that I don't have my crap together. So like I can't relate to him. And so if we're all acting like that, none of us are going to relate to each other. We're not going to build a better, deeper relationship because we have this facade that none of us can. It's not true of any of us. So then we can't relate to each other. But once we break down that barrier, that facade that we have everything together and we say, hey, life is hard. I'm struggling. This is hard. Then it's like, oh, yeah. That is hard. I've gone through that too. And then we can start relating to each other. It's like, maybe it's not the same scenario, but then it's like, that's when relationships get deep. And that's when we can strengthen our relationships. And it's like, most of the time when we get together as guys, we're just like, ah, life's fine. And then we talk about work. We talk about uh, tasks around the house or whatever it is. Sports. And we don't get, yeah, yeah. Sports, whatever it is. And then we don't go to that step down where it's like, well, this is really hard right now. And I have no idea what I'm supposed to do in this situation or whatever it is. Um, And so we don't build those deep relationships. And so then we're lonely and we're going through things alone. And then we have mental health issues because we've isolated ourselves. And so, yeah, I think that's like the key um, because we can't relate to each other when we act like we're perfect and have everything together. I think community is the, the key aspect to being able to do that. Cause you're not going to go to Joe Schmo at work. You know, you meet at the coffee, coffee pot and he's like, how you doing? And you're like, here's my life story, man. You know, it's been really, really tough. I'm not doing okay. Like that's not the situation for that. But if you have that community and those people in your life where you are able to break down those barriers, then you're able to say, yeah, no, it's been really hard. Like my dad just got out of jail and I'm struggling with it. And it's been really, really tough. And being able to have those people in your life who are willing to listen to you and you know that they're going to be okay with listening to your problems. Because I feel like a lot of times, a lot of the problems is that you don't want to be a burden on someone. You feel like, you know, my life's hard, but I don't want to bring someone else into that because that sucks. Like, who wants to hear about that? And so being able to have a community of people who say, I want to hear about your problem and I want to help you is, I don't know, it's like another, it's like unlocking another level to life to be able to just walk through life honestly, openly with other humans. It's like, it's the way it's supposed to be. And we somehow hid that away from everyone. It's healthy. And I think the digital age we live in where we have instant connection. And I say that in air quotes, for those of you that are listening to this and not watching the video, instant connection via social media, via video calls, via text messaging. When the reality is that's not what connection is. Because I can't truly be vulnerable with somebody over text message. I can't truly experience human connection over uh, interaction via social media comments. Like that is not what it is. One of the most dangerous places that I think you can be is isolated in your own head with your own thoughts and your own fears. And in the last episode, the way we worded it, those monsters inside your head. And when you're alone with no one else to talk to about those, and that is all you hear, that is extremely dangerous. And I think because of this aura of having to try to live this perfect life and to be completely okay and to get that, you know, Instagram quote unquote worthy life, you 
gotta look perfect. And that is so dangerous because the reality is that's not what life is. Life is messy. Life sucks. Life hurts. Life's not fair. There's all those different things that you can say about what life is. But the reality is when we talk about those things with each other, it can be extremely beautiful how those painful moments, how those hard moments, how those traumatic moments, how those great moments, all the ups and downs that life is can then be put into this pot with everybody else's issues and problems. And then they just become stories that encourage each other. And all of a sudden, we walk into a situation when life was falling apart. We thought we had nothing to give and we were completely on empty. And there's a fresh breath of air that fills our lungs, a smile hits our face, or maybe at the very least the tears stop coming. And it's just like a moment of like, oh, I'm not alone. And I feel like I might be okay. And that might not be today. That might be something that comes tomorrow. But the reality is when you have those glimmers of hope within community, it's just so encouraging. It's That's what life is meant to be. Not meant to do it alone. I really like the saying, um, it takes a village. Typically, that's used towards child rearing and kids. Um, but I feel like it can work with this too. It doesn't stop when the kids leave your house. Yeah. 100%. You need those people in your life. You need a village. And it's it's work to build that. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's For some people, it's easy. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say... It's tough for everyone. But I know for me, because I, for some reason, just like to sit in my basement and be by myself, it's really tough to build those communities and you have to get yourself out of your comfort zone sometimes. And you have to say, you know, I don't really feel like going out tonight. I don't really, I don't really want to hang out with a bunch of people and talk about stuff, but I know deep down that I need to, I know that's going to be good for me. And sometimes you just have to make those decisions to step out of your comfort zone to say I'm I'm going to go to this it's going to it's going to be really weird for me I don't know if I'm going to like it but I'm going to try it because maybe this will be what I need um and I know that because I've done that I feel like the whole last year and a half and putting myself in those situations where I don't feel comfortable initially or I'm sitting at home saying I don't want to do this I don't want to go to these things I don't want to go to a bottle share with a bunch of people I don't know. I don't want to go to a men's group with a bunch of people that I don't know. But if you don't step out of your comfort zone and do those things, you're just always you're just always going to be in that situation where you don't know anyone, where you don't know who to go to talk to because you didn't build those relationships with people that you didn't know previously. Um, and yeah, I know it's hard. It was super tough for me. Luckily, I have an amazing woman in my life who essentially kicked me out of the door and said you're gonna go because this is gonna be good for you um it's very very helpful but it's tough but it can be life-changing and it can be very very amazing to step out of your comfort zone do something you don't necessarily want to do um, but sometimes you meet some amazing people sometimes you meet people who are going to change your life um and it's i don't know my experience has been very very great Thanks for listening to this episode of The Dad I Never Had. Reminder, if you got a story to share with us, shoot us an email at info at the dad I never had dot us. And please subscribe to the podcast and follow us on all of your favorite social media platforms. We'll see you next time.